0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's
1: Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve Jones will soon be there from the Sunbury Motor Studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and at sunburymotors.com. So Steve, again, will join us soon from the Sunbury Motor Studio as we have a lot to get to today. And it's a good day for sports in Pennsylvania. As we had announced earlier on WKOK and the stories on WKOK.com now, The governor has issued guidance to resume high school, college, and professional sports. Now, we'll get to the high school particulars in a second, but professional sports can resume immediately. Teams or leagues in the yellow phase, or if there's more than 250 people on site in the green phase, must have a COVID-19 safety plan approved by the Department of Health. But pro sports can resume, as long as they have that protocol in place and approved by the Department of Health so that's a real good sign to hear and to me that seems to be a real good sign for football and maybe the possibility of fans that's kind of what's not really clear to me is how teams should deal with this with fans but if you're saying if there's 250 people or more on a site in the green phase then you should have a plan in place so my guess is if I know the Steelers right now are the only NFL team that I know of that have been selling tickets at only 50% capacity, which is also part of the green phase regulation. So I guess that could be it. Now, Philadelphia is still in yellow. So assuming that the Eagles, no pun intended, are green by the time that the season gets going, then I guess maybe they could do the same thing. That seems to be a little unclear. But the... Bottom line is, pro sports can resume immediately at Pennsylvania. College sports, sanctioned by the NCAA, including intramural and club sports, can resume in-person activity after developing athletic health and safety plan in alignment with the State Department of Health. So, good signs for Bucknell, for Susquehanna University, and of course for Bloomsburg University as well. So, I'll have to get some ideas about the fans and how that will work, but I'm sure this is going to be updated and actually the governor even did say all guidance is a starting point for summer sports teams and guidance for fall winter and spring sports seasons may be updated especially if that hopefully we won't see this but if we were to see a spike in cases especially when we get to the fall then I'm sure things would change again but hopefully we won't have to worry about that so now we get to high school Public and private K-12 PIAA schools in yellow and green phase counties can resume voluntary sports-related workouts. Schools must first develop an athletic health and safety plan in alignment with the Department of Education's preliminary guidance for phase reopening of schools. Recreational amateur sports teams in green counties not affiliated with the K-12 schools can hold in-person activities including games and practices but follow CDC guidelines. Now here's the big one. Gatherings of all participants, including players, athletic staff, officials, and spectators, are limited to 25 in the yellow phase and 250 or 50% capacity in the green phase. So as it pertains to the Valley, we're all set as far as 250 or 50% capacity for gatherings for the sporting events, as of my understanding. But again, as... The governor pointed out earlier, all guidance, especially for fall, winter, and spring sports seasons, may be updated. But all systems go, whether you're a yellow county or a green county, after this Friday for all levels of sports, high school, college, and pro. And all this is spelled out at WKOK.com. So that's great news. That's great to hear, especially the professional sports. But again, we need to figure out the, the fans perspective here but i'm sure that we'll get that guidance as those seasons come along but now of course one of those professional sports that has yet to have a resumption plan and we've been talking about this for the last week or two of course and that is the saga that keeps unfolding that is major league baseball as i kind of said to steve when we were talking about this either yesterday or the day before and of course Steve will get his thoughts as to the latest that we've talked about yesterday with the 76 game proposal coming up when he joins us from the Sunbury Motor Studio. The owners, to me, I put squarely at fault with this, and I think everybody basically agrees with that. Because here's the pro- here's the thing with the with the owners here. When the 114 game proposal was all set out by the players and wanting to have their full salary in place, That was really the owner's chance because, as we've said before, either way, everyone in this process is going to lose money. And everybody's rolling the dice. This is MLB, NBA, NHL. Everyone is rolling the dice that that there is no spike in cases and there's another disruption of their seasons when we get to the fall portion of ending these seasons. That's all on the table. So if I'm the owners, I want to get in as many games as I can. That was there for the 114-game regular season and expanded playoffs. But they said no, because they don't want to play the players too much. Are the players overpaid? I've, been, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Yes, they are overpaid. I get it. I've, I've been a big advocate that baseball needs a salary cap, and that's led to many of the other issues that have plagued this sport for quite some time. If you're a Pirates fan, you'll understand. But the point is, the owners had the chance to get as many games out of this as they can, even though they're still going to lose money and they have to play the, pay the players their full salary with within a 114-game season. Now we've had this silly back-and-forth for the last two, three weeks now, determining this just weird amount of games. We've gone from... 48 to 50 to 89 or whatever, 82, 89, 76 now. It's just, this is just getting beyond ridiculous. Now, no season at all is really detrimental to both sides, which, of course, I guess goes without saying. But the point, but again, the point is the owners had their chance to get as much of this as they could, even though they were still going to lose money.
0: Well, uh, okay, there's a couple ways of looking at this. All right, let's start with this. Uh, in the owner's proposal, they keep, as I keep pointing out, every time you do the math, the math comes out to 33%. Right? Okay, so that's not right. Now let's get to the player's part. The players say that unless they get their full prorated salary, they don't want to risk going back out there. Right? Absolutely. That be, okay. Then why do you keep proposing more games where you can put yourself more at risk? If that's the theory,
1: that's fair. From a safety hey, standpoint, that me. is absolutely fair.
0: Right. Hey, mean, so I mean, so obviously you're not that worried about it. Okay. You you propose 114 games, but I'll you know, if I'm getting my full prorated salary, I'll take the risk. Okay, I got it. Uh, so that's where the hypocrisy on their part comes in. Now for the owners, I think there's a certain point where long term if you want to look because I'll tell you right now, the season to watch for is 2022. The 2022 season may be there is, the door is open to it being a lost cause because that's when the CBA's up. The CBA is up at the end of next year, 2021. If they're struggling to do this, how much are they going to struggle when it comes to 2022? If they can't iron this out, The owners, for the most part, have been the ones in contract negotiations that have been getting victories over the years. The average salary in Major League Baseball in the last four to five years, believe it or not, Matt, has not gone up that much. I think people think it goes, whoa, it's going, wow, whoa. I've seen the numbers. The average salary is remained right in the same neighborhood, up a little bit, but in the same neighborhood. Okay they had 10.7 billion in revenue last year. Uh baseball salaries are about 4.5 billion. I know my numbers are pretty close here, so I'm good there. That means that leaves 6.2 billion on the revenue side. Divide that by 30. Now Probably have to divide it by thirty-one because obviously the league, the uh, Major League Baseball itself, has to get its cut. Okay, but that leaves everybody in the neighborhood of about two hundred million. All right now, that's it. now saying it's two hundred million. Take my word, the Pirates aren't getting two hundred million, and the Yankees aren't getting two hundred million, but the Yankees are getting as much, much more. It's why the Yankees cutting minor leaguers I found to be absolutely abhorrent.
1: As a Yankee fan, I completely agree.
0: Right. I, I, I sat there and went, wait a minute, you own Yes Network. You own Yes Network. And by the way, when the Nets start playing again, oh, you'll be able to carry the games. You own Yes. And you know, same thing with the Red Sox and Nesson. They'll be carrying the Bruins.
1: And with yes, they have also have NYCFC and MLS is resuming very soon. They'll yeah. have those games.
0: Well, of course they will. So they'll be able to carry. Now, they're already getting their cable fees anyway. They haven't lost their cable fees. They haven't lost their cable fees. I think it's time for the major league owners to propose... A 75 or 80 game season, do the full pro-rated, and just get it get it over with. They have lost incredible time. And I'm going to take this from a business owner's point of view. Let's take it from the business owner's point of view. Yes, you are going to lose money, and you're going to, in fact, unfortunately, you're going to lose a lot of money. Okay? But... You would you can put yourself in a position. Let's go back to April the tenth. Right? We talked about this on April the tenth. It was the week of the Blue White game. So it'd be what, April the twelfth or whatever it was. I said, when sports starts to return, baseball can lead the way. Remember that, Matt? We talked about that. Absolutely. Baseball can lead the way. Well, right now you have the NFL's been leading the way just in the off season, And they're on track to play. The NBA is on track to play. The NHL is on track to play. MLS is on track to play. The Colonial Golf Tournament is tomorrow. Oh, by the way, they're going to let fans in for the Memorial, 8,000 of them, next month. NASCAR has been racing, and guess what? When they get to Homestead in Miami, they're going to open the gates and let some fans in. Okay? Who's not leading the way? Baseball. Baseball we thought would get back to a spring training deal by June the 15th with the idea of opening up on the 4th of July. Wow. Now we're still sitting here on June the 10th we still have a few days to see if they can work this out but you could have put your sport in a position where you became the feel good for this nation where you could have been the feel good for this nation Give it that little positive jolt that it needs right now. You could have done that. It would have benefited your sports so much. And you would have been the only show in town, with all due respect to IndyCar, and you could have been the only show in town, besides, you know, some golf and some racing and so forth, okay, for weeks At a time where people are looking for some sort of entertainment distraction, release, whatever it may be, you could have been that, which then could have set your business up for next year. And the later you go with this, then you're going to be competing with the NBA again. And guess what? You can't beat them. You're going to be competing with the NHL, too. Oh, And then the NFL starts. I mean, the player proposal ends the season October 11th. That's the problem with the player proposal is when you end. At least the owner's proposal ended at September 27th. I mean, the players did propose 16 teams in the playoffs, so everybody gets more playoff cut. But I think you've got to sit there and say, look, we need to do something reasonable. We have to do something where I know we're going to get crushed. But at the same time, maybe by August you can open your gates and let some fans in, and guess what? You get to keep all that money. You don't have to start looking at any givebacks or anything like that because you're getting a prorated salary. But I think this is the one time I think the owners have to be the ones to bite the bullet. The players aren't going to budge. The players are very willing not, they are very willing not to play this year. Very willing. Now, I'm not going to – I'm sorry, but when you're proposing more games, though, I, I'm not going to play You know, for less than my full salary if I had to put my life on the line. Okay. I'm with you all the way on that. And they're proposing to play 75 games. Well, no, we're going to propose 114 at full pro rated. Oh wait a minute. So you're going to propose more games? I thought you just said you're putting your life on the line. Oh, I see. You just want to get more money. Don't do things where you make your where you you think your fan base is stupid. Okay, you can't do that. It's time the owners. This time, they're the ones that need to bite the bullet and just get back to playing. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com. Check out their great line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and their great pre owned inventory all at sunburymotors.com. In fact, you can really get the process going at sunburymotors.com. You do it from the comfort of your own living room, which is where the leader of Ward 4 has spent most of his time here recently. No.
1: But he's happy to be back, I think.
0: Is he back in the building?
1: Oh, yeah, he's been back.
0: Well, is he in today?
1: He is. I've seen him a few times today.
0: Don't you think maybe some face to face meetings with some people would.
1: Yeah, we've done Zoom.
0: I don't mean with you. (laughs) 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 I mean, come on. I'm just wonder That's
1: all. Actually, I did have one face-to-face meeting with him since all this started to reopen.
0: Okay. Do you remember anything he said?
1: Um, some yes, some no. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: somebody I always listen to is Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. As Ohio State is going through its process where it looks like uh, they're just about set to get their players back out there now. Penn State would probably be in the process where next, uh, Monday would be the day the players would get back weight room and start doing some individual stuff out out on the field uh, and getting ready. So, uh, Stephen, welcome. I hope you and yours are safe and sound. Great to have you with us. I believe uh, we're still trying to hook that up. All right, so since we're still trying to hook that up, we you apologize? We'll get to Stephen Means in just a few moments, and then Cindy Boren in the next half hour. And, uh, yeah, uh, but Ohio State, by the way, uh, one quick note on Iowa, Dylan Doyle, a linebacker, played against Penn State last year. He played in every game for Iowa last year. Uh, he has decided to put his name into the transfer portal His dad is Chris Doyle, the strength and conditioning coach, who right now is on administrative leave. So Dylan Doyle, as a player, has put his name into the transfer portal. Uh, So that's where uh, that is. Uh, There's been nothing new on that front. Uh, And we'll see what their internal investigation reveals about that. Doyle makes about 800000 a year. I believe he is the highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the country. Uh, he walked in there I guess he walked in one day to Ferentz and he said, look, I want suit money. They gave him the eight hundred K right in the spot. That's about what he makes, right? Matt?
1: Ah, eh, close enough.
0: I, I know we don't reveal salaries. And you can just do you know, He gets driven. He has a driver. Drives him into work every day. Drops him off at Soika. Drops him off at, at Christie. Drops him off at... Never has to drive. The benefit for all of us. Uh, do we have uh, Stephen Means on the line?
1: Yes, he is now ready to go. Okay.
0: There we go. Stephen, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Hope you and yours are safe.
1: Things all good over here.
0: Good. Good. Uh, Ohio State is uh, getting back. Into gear, they made the announcement actually a little bit ago as to how they're going to do this. Uh, how have things been in Ohio that allowed them to have the comfort to do this?
2: Yeah, so obviously Mike DeWine was kind of ahead of the curve a little bit with you know shutting down the city and doing the social distancing thing, so that's helped a little bit. The coaching staff, as far as Ohio State has been back at the Woody for a couple of weeks now, it's staggered, so there's only maybe two or three of them actually working in the Woody at a time, but just enough to, you know, they're not in the house all day. So they have staggered times that they're in the house. And as far as the players, obviously they come back next week, officially, obviously guys are moving back in now, but they officially start stuff next week. And it's going to be kind of the same thing where things are staggered. The Woody is a big enough place and there's a multiple fields There's an indoor field, but then there's three outdoor fields Mm -hmm. where they can practice social distancing and still do player driven things. Obviously we're at the point in the summer where usually coaches can't work with the players anyway so the, them moving back on campus is just more for them to get back with Mick Moradi and get back on the, the physical conditioning sure, through the conditioning plant that they were on prior to all of this back in the spring that's really what is more important here obviously with Justin Fields any coordinating that he does as far as wide receivers that's going to be between him Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson and those freshmen to have to coordinate that and there's plenty of room at the Woody to where they could be throwing on one side and on the other side some offensive linemen can can be getting some work in so it's it's, it's set up pretty you know strategically where it's only a certain amount of people at the woody and even those people at the woody are further enough away from each other
0: right penn state has three outdoor practice fields and also has an indoor facility too so the setup is pretty close uh how many players penn state's going to allow initially 75 players back no obviously staggered uh but Mm -hmm. uh, 75 back how many is ohio state letting back right now
2: everybody's coming back and mostly because a lot of these guys live off campus as it is. Um, This has been the set date for guys to come back and uh, uh, guys are moving in gradually. That's what you see here. It's not everybody coming back on June 8th throughout the last week and a half or so. You've seen CJ Saunders, Jonathan Cooper, Justin Fields all make their way back. And then there were guys who never went home in the first place because they were dealing with some type of injury and needed the resources that Ohio State could give. Like Master Teague, he's been here the entire time. He never went back home. And so, it's, it's just, they're staggering who comes back every single day, but everyone's going to be allowed back. By the end of next week, everybody will be back on
0: campus. Uh, does that include the incoming freshman class? Wouldn't some not be allowed to until classes begin? I'm oh, t- no,
2: they're, com- they're I- coming back, too. Um, these okay. guys aren't actually left today, and uh, really the only addition. Everybody who was here in the spring is coming back, yeah. and the extra additions are guys who weren't early enrollees.
0: Right, and that's that's my point. That's it's it, the early enrollees obviously are in class, so they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did bring up something that coaches aren't able to do anything with them. So let me get, ask you this: If we were sitting in a conference room and we were brainstorming, and I said in the current situation, I would throw this out. Uh, I'd like to see a one a, a three day weekend mini camp for everybody in July, so that the coaches are out there with the players. How would you respond to that if you heard that I think, suggestion?
2: I think you and Ryan Day think alike. He actually mentioned an NFL style like you know OTA situation. I think it's a good idea, mainly because every team is at the same level right now. Where they only had two or three, three four at max, depending on what their schedule is spring practices, and we all know how important 15 practices can be, especially when we're talking about college football, where a lot of these schools are starting first-year quarterbacks and have lost a lot of guys. I'm all in favor of maybe uh, in, maybe in June, at the end of June there's like a, a one or two OTA days before you go into fall camp to maybe ease these guys back into things because if not, what's going to happen is fall camp is going to roll around in August, it's going to be hot. Yeah. These guys are not going to be in the type of shape that maybe they're used to because this is probably the longest any of these guys have gone without playing football since they were five years old, if we're going to be honest here. So it's going to be hot, which means cramping, which means injury. So I'm all in favor of the. A two or three OTA mini camp situation, maybe in June, a month before things start, okay. as a way to kind of ease their way back into things.
0: Yeah, yeah it's just something just just to think about along along the way. Uh, because I, I'm with you. Plus, I'm I'm all for. I think the coaches need to have contact with their players too, in terms of the ability to be out there with them. I think it works both ways, Stephen.
2: Yeah. To be fair, these, they have been in contact a, a little bit more than maybe they would have been, just because. Zoom exists, exists, and we're all living on it at this point, so they're still doing things like Real Life Wednesday. A lot of the things that are still in, have still been in place, they've just been over Zoom calls, but yeah, the physical contact and being able to, you know, Brian Hartline being able to work with those four incoming freshman receivers who, you know, like I said, have three chances to really work with him on the field. That's vital things for four guys who are probably going to be, have major roles when the season rolls around.
0: Uh, do you see, I mean, every, you know, uh, Iowa... Ohio State, Illinois has already done it. Michigan State's going to do it in a, about a week or so. Penn State's about ready to roll out as well. That's five. Uh, is there any thought on uh, at all for you about competitive advantage, one way or the other, or does it eventually all even up? In your opinion,
2: I think it all evens up because no one is getting that much more. I think the competitive advantage would have been if, say, you know. Ohio, Mike DeWine hadn't come out and did what he did as the governor of Ohio, State, uh, of Ohio and Ohio State had decided, you know what? We're going to finish. Spring practice, or we're going to have three or four extra practices, and then we're going to send kids home. That's where it comes in. There's no real, no one is ahead of anybody right now because everybody's at the same level. So I don't think the competitive advantage thing only would have existed had anybody decided to not follow the social distancing and go with spring practices plan.
0: Because I think about Oklahoma, they're not going to go until July July Mm -hmm. 1. And that's the only reason, because Michigan hasn't announced, Michigan State's announced what they're doing, but Michigan hasn't. Although Michigan could do it, nobody would know it because Harbaugh would just start. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Somebody would be walking by
0: the practice facility and say, hey, wait a minute, is that Dylan McCaffrey? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's like the secret society. I mean, oh, yeah. like, <laughs>
2: They're going to put up a wall around the practice facility until until August so nobody can see what's going on.
0: Exactly. I mean, you, have to, you have to admit, this is a conference of incredible contrast Jim Harbaugh PJ Fleck I mean it really is <laughs> that way no one will know the depth chart Yeah.
2: you don't know the starting quarterback until we go out there and we <laughs> quarter.
0: yeah that's okay you're not our opener I don't care <laughs> it, it certainly is an interesting well like I said they could start. We would know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I believe that. All right. So when you look at at Ohio State with this particular year, I was I was talking to Bill Bender of Sporting News yesterday, and something that you know, Sporting News put out its preseason thing, and of course, Bill and I had fun with it because as he went back the last six, seven years and pointed out, here's what we said in the preseason years would actually happen, and it didn't always work out which is typical of predictions. But he has in there Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Now it sounds very familiar. Oh, yeah. Very familiar. It's almost like the same 14 every year. (laughs) What kind of job have they done at Ohio State to make sure that uh, if there is a drop-off anywhere, it's only so slight?
2: Yeah, you know what? Ryan Day, man, he, he was given a Porsche and told don't crash it and somehow he upgraded the Porsche and I don't know how you do that he is at a, here's where his Ohio State's advantage comes in they have a second year quarterback who's probably going to win the Heisman or be the runner up for the Heisman and he and Trevor Lawrence are going to be one of those two is going to be the number one pick and the other one will be the number two pick or at least the second quarterback taken off the board depending right. you know, on what what somebody else needs that's where the advantage is there is that in college football if you have an elite level quarterback it makes you a, it puts it, it you into a different upper echelon now you have an elite level come, quarterback coming back for a second year yep. that makes you a national title contender and I, we actually asked ryan day about this after the first spring practice the idea of ryan day has been coaching quarterbacks for almost a decade yep. and this is the first time that he's come to a spring with the same quarterback that he had in the fall and that's through his time in the NFL, his time with Boston College, and all the way up to now, this is the first time we're getting to see what year two of a Ryan Day coach quarterback looks like. We saw year one Dwayne Haskins. We saw what the quarterback development did for Joe Burrow and what he was able to turn that eventually into at LSU. And we saw what Justin Fields did last year. This, the sky's the limit there. And now you're combined, Now the running back situation, that is what it is, but, but there's talent in the wide receiver room. The offensive line might be the best in the country, lead, led by Josh Myers, Thayer Mumford, Wyatt Davids. Josh Myers and Wyatt Davids might yeah. be all Americans this year. So we have, on uh, our Buckeye Talk podcast, we keep comparing them to LSU, which I know is a ridiculous thing to say until you start looking at certain parts of this offense and go, eh, 60 touchdown passes isn't crazy.
0: Right. No, wow. well, no. I mean, cause, because because the, the they do a good job of finding openings and schemes and so forth. They, you know, and they, this is not a team that that keeps people in it to block. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> they got five they guys it. out in the pattern, right, Steven? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons you can do that if you have the if your offensive line is good enough. It gives you the flexibility to put four and usually five out in a pattern. And if you got five out in a pattern, that's a lot of people you got to cover.
2: Yeah, it is, and a lot of that is you know, Ryan Day is really good at. You know, whatever his quarterback skill set is, he you know accentuates it. When J.T. Barrett did was a run, with Dwayne Haskins it's a pass, with Justin Fields it'll be both. So it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like on the fall.
0: Because there are a lot of people that feel that the one team that can, that can go toe to toe with them is is Penn State in the you know in this conference. I know a lot of people want to talk about Michigan, but Penn State's the one that's played them tougher than anybody else in recent years. What have been your thoughts about Penn State, looking at them and what they have coming back, Steve, and to then help set up the season for both teams?
2: Yeah, we're talking about another team who's got a quarterback coming back, which helps. And Sean Clifford, I understand, he didn't play the majority of last year's game because he got hurt and Will Levis came in. Mm-hmm. Penn State has always, we, that's been the history the last five or six years, is that Penn State is always going to play them tough. And the game is in, you know, it's, it's going to be a whiteout. It's, you know, at Penn State this year, which adds to that as well. So I'm throwing. Listen, I'll believe Michigan can compete with Ohio State when I see it. I'm done believing in that. I'm never doing it again. I learned my lesson my first year on the speed. Penn State, is outside of Oregon, just because you know Oregon is you know, the Power Five non-conference game that they play, and that's out Penn there, St-
0: and that's out there, and
2: it's out there. Yep. Penn State's the biggest scare because of where it's once again where it's at on the schedule. It's very you know it's very easy for a team who's coming off some wins against some easy teams to fall into that trap. And it's, I'm not going to call it a trap game, but we've seen what's happened with Penn State and Ohio State in the past where Penn State can get up in those games or make it competitive. If the game is close in the fourth quarter, things can get interesting.
0: Yeah. Always a pleasure. It's great to hear you're doing well. And I can't wait to see you down the road.
2: Yeah, God. Once again, thanks for having me. I hope everything is good with you guys.
0: Yeah, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. You know, it's interesting, Matt. uh, I'm going to tell a quick story here before we take a break. Have you noticed that when we've had somebody on about Ohio State, that they speak in glowing terms about Ryan Dave? You notice that? Yes. Okay. When when Urban Meyer decided to step aside, uh, it had to be... I don't know, a month and a half later, something like that. I went to Ohio State to do basketball. In fact, ironically, Urban was going to be honored that night. So I'm talking to a couple of people that cover the team. So they will remain completely nameless here, all right? And I said, what's Ryan Day been like to work with? They go, oh, man, he is incredible. He's just open and uh, da They love... How open. I said, Well, is that in direct contrast to what you had before? (laughs) I'll never forget this line as long as I live. The day Urban announced that he was going to retire, I could have been hit by a bus that day and it still would have been a great day. There you go. That speaks volumes. Yes, it does. (laughs) again, I'm not saying who said that, all right, at at all.
1: It also speaks volumes Uh, that Ryan Day, who worked under Chip Kelly, mind you, was doing as well as he has been.
0: Yeah. He's got his own way of doing things. All right. We'll come back with more in a moment brought to you by Sunbury Motors. think the last time I heard someone use the words I could have been hit by a bus that day and it still would have been a great day was when somebody had to cancel the staff meeting. Uh, Okay. uh, (laughs) Okay.
1: That did not come from me. Let me just put that on the record. Are you sure? I'm 110% positive.
0: Well, it came from someone. And I can guarantee it wasn't me because I don't—I'm not on any of the staff meetings. <laughs>